Hi, this is 100 Days a Year Podcast. Our podcast, well, because you need another podcast. My name is Jeremy Robondo, and today, Becky Fouché and I bring you part three of our series on loss. Again, a big criticism of, of those who believe that there are time and space after this life, and there may be, um, but I think it just you know, for lack of a better way to talk about it, I think it's potentially kicking a can down in the road. Like, at some point in the future, I will be able to express myself better. Or at some point in the future, life will be, or whatever it's going to be, will be perfect. And I can talk about all my feelings. But I'm like, can you not start today? Absolutely. You know, can you not make more of those relationships today? Can you not wait? Well, I think it's... uh... I think it's I think it's definitely wrong to abandon your responsibility to the people that you love um, and just think to yourself, well, I'll see them. We'll be together again. Like, that doesn't remove your duty today. Um, and I don't know that it makes you feel better. You know? Because you have to, you have to live with knowing that you didn't write how you really felt in that birthday card or you didn't um you didn't hug that person as tightly as you really wanted to and i i think it yeah you 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 can't shed your responsibility or or kind of back up to like some people who are not as fortunate as we are and again this is not condescending but some people just don't know how and they don't know that they should yeah they're just they just experience the the loss of of I don't know. Yeah. You know the ignorance of I don't know in in those right. situations. Right. Does, does that make sense what I'm saying? Cuz I cuz I think I think not everybody lives in this place where we are and some people don't know that's what what they should do because again in those moments where we're experiencing loss we're very consumed with how we feel when it's probably exactly 180 degrees out of phase. You know, we should be experiencing and trying to be empathetic uh, about the way the other one feels because that means, you know, that they're passing. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, when we, when we need to be expressing ourselves the most to someone who feels like, you know, they're in a probably a very vulnerable and, and difficult frightening state we're thinking about ourselves and what we can express oh absolutely and that is like that's true selfishness we're not thinking this person needs my love we're thinking i'm too scared to let them know how much i love them or i don't know what to say which goes back to every other time we've talked about the fact that that as a culture we don't really do a good job at at kind of instilling emotional um you know, emotional intelligence in, yeah. in people. You know, yeah. we don't talk about how to to interact in meaningful ways with people. You know, we really are geared as a society on developing skills that uh, have economic benefit. And I certainly am not going to say that that's not important because it is extremely important because um, that's a way to serve others. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's a way to help others get what they need and what they want. But I, I don't think that we should just be like, eh, if you don't know... Right, yeah. You know, how to express yep. things, then that, eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I used this analogy or this reference in another podcast, but I'm going to use it again. 
So in one of the Nicholas Sparks movies, the the soldier Channing Tatum lose is losing his father. His father's dying, and he is trying to read the letter to his father, and he just can't get through it because he chokes up. And I think for a lot of people, and this is not a criticism, but I think for a lot of people, the only times that they might do a version of that are when someone is on their deathbed. Yeah. You know, like, I know I know people, and I'm sure you do too, who do not even say I love you as a regular phrase. Yeah, it doesn't exist in their homes or with the people yeah. they love, yeah. Like, hugging doesn't exist in their homes unless on special occasions. I love yous are reserved for special occasions. And that's just so... I guess sad. That makes me feel sad. Yeah, and I'm going to say something greater than that. I think it's wrong. I think Yeah. You're not going to you're you're not going to write me an email or send me a DM on our Instagram, you know, feed that says every family's different. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's true. Every family's different and some are screwed up more screwed up than others. Yeah. Um I mean, no family's perfect, but but you're not going to tell me that not talking yep. about how you feel is is like just how our family is i don't care don't find that appropriate or 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 right um the, and that's a yeah that's i a, would agree and that's a difficult thing and and i'm not presuming to say that it's easily fixable as a sheer act of the will and families are like they are massive ships that are traveling in one direction and there it's hard to turn them mm-hmm. but i you know all of those things you know, all of those phrases and communications of emotional conviction need to be expressed. Um, because and, otherwise, how do you really know? You know, and you do know to a, so, a certain point, you know, but I, I think hearing it always will give someone else uh, a degree of satisfaction that not hearing the words would. Yeah, not only satisfaction, but confirmation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know? Yeah. So we're so worried about being uncomfortable. The human condition is an ironic one. So crave intimacy, but we're just so afraid to do anything that would create the the uh, the foundation for it. It's just such a strangeness about who we are as people. I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that phrase, we as people crave intimacy, which I absolutely agree with but how do we know this what are some things that people do that show that they want to be close but they may not do the work that requires it how do we know that people want love and want acceptance what are some of the hints that what are some of the things that hint to this person really wants to be close but they are too scared I think just the amount of times we reach out to people throughout the day and say nothing mm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, I think and I don't mean nothing but just like you know non significantly emotional you know d- demonstrative things or how often we think about someone and we don't tell them we're thinking about them right because again we're too afraid we want to be close to them but we're too afraid to do the things to be close mm. I mean I think there's all sorts of things you know um yeah, there are all sorts of things. Just the amount of contact we have about nothing kind of says the opposite, yeah? It says, I'm comforted that you want to occupy this space with me. 
Right. But I'm not willing to dive any deeper. <laughs> or just or just put words to the thing we're dancing around, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I guess the only way to do it, the only way to really experience loss from the other side of the coin the best way that you can is to kind of put yourself in the position of someone who has a, a limited amount of time and, and knows it and is aware. Mm. And I don't know. I'm sure there are books and I wish I knew them. And if any of you out there listening know them, please, please write it. I'd love to read one. But where someone's basically saying, you know, I've got a certain amount of, of, of of time left and this is what I really would have wished my interactions with people would have been like oh gosh I've I've read I've read do you know what I'm getting at yes but they've been things like Facebook posts but um yeah oh it's so sobering it's so sobering you know like why did so and so not come over or why did so and so just drop off dinner and not stay for dinner I I don't know I mean I'm just imagining all the different ways it could have taken you know taken place and I I I think in those moments I'd I'd be like I would feel so alone anyway that I would just want people to stay. I I know that some people like and I do too like to be alone and do some reflecting, but if man, if I had just a few weeks left, I don't think I'd want to be alone too often. Yeah. At least initially. Right. I think you would want your mom and dad and your spouse and your kids and your friends to just hold your hand every day. Yeah. I would. Yeah. For sure. Loss is just difficult. It's difficult to think about. Well, it's difficult because it's permanent. It's irreversible. Yeah, I suppose so, because if it was reversible, it wouldn't truly be lost, now would it? Mm-mm. It would be some kind of pause if you will yeah but really those are relationships once active become memories which are one-sided because you're just remembering that's a great point the thing you know you're just remembering the thing from one one side of it well isn't that oh gosh that's a great point and i think that is true loneliness is knowing that you are the only one that has those beautiful memories and it is one-sided and now it's no longer shared, and I think that's just the basis of our humanity. We just want to share. We want to be known and know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, you know, have memories of family or friends that they that aren't, aren't with us anymore. And they were, and maybe, and <clears throat> I think it's those memories that are one-on-one experiences yeah. that are the most meaningful. And now there's just one of you remembering it. You know, it's and me tear up. Uh, well, I mean, you that's just really sad. And you, as you can express that, you can share that with someone else. But, but what was once uh, a you know a recollection that two people could share, you know, reminiscing, you know, only is now is now just you know half, you know, half the half the piece of the puzzle, you know, and you can no longer share that mutual experience together. Yeah. And how difficult that must be. And then there's a part of this that you have to wonder about, and and that is, um, you know, are you remembering it right? And then, oh gosh, you know, and then, I, what I'm sure, and I know people have written about this, and I apologize for for really feeling like I don't, I feel kind of anti intellectual because I don't know these these books, but like, 
you know, the sheer act, I, we know social psychologists tell us that the sheer act of remembering something changes it. Mm. And I know this has a, this has a law or a rule that goes along with it, but I can't remember it. And so I think, I think that that is probably very, very taxing, you know, especially if you lose a, a, a spouse or partner, you know, you lose a, 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 a child. Gosh, I still can't get over that. that to me, that would feel mm-hmm. like the worst loss there could be. But, um, and and you start wondering if you're if you're even remembering it accurately and so then you don't want to betray the mm-hmm. person by remembering you know them in that situation inaccurately and it just i would think the guilt would just compound extraordinarily if you know in situations like that and i don't i don't know why we do that but we do do that we feel so responsible for keeping those memories authentic yeah, and I think authentic is is potentially dangerous because I don't know if that's the point. You know, I don't necessarily think authenticity has to be the greatest goal. I think just remembering and being grateful might be enough. You know, if you can't yeah. exactly remember that phrase or, you know, what your part, you know, what your partner was wearing or you know, or the way they looked at you or you know, you you're not committing some eternal sin that you know, can't be absolved. Sure does make you grateful for the technology we have today. Oh, yeah. Voicemails and... Right. Videos. I mean, these conversations will outlive us. Yeah. I mean, not that we're great, but it's just, you know, there's, you know, five bazillion podcasts and 20 bazillion episodes, but they'll be out there, theoretically. You know, and just, you know, a few generations ago. Right. A few generations ago, there, you know, if you had a photograph, that was it. And then a few generations before that, there was nothing. <laughs> you were you were the sum of your writing. Yeah. And someone else's memory who could remember remember you. This we do. We slip out of this permanence into some kind of oblivion, and that's just how it's going to be for all of us. But I. I think that belies the point that we have got to make the most of these these connections that we have today. And and one of the things that I wanted to talk about and I'm not quite sure why I feel like I have to, you know, you know, constantly you know confess and expiate my what I feel is my my sin of not keeping enough connections. Um but I just do. I just feel like the, you know, I would, you know, you, you you think of the people that have been significant throughout your life, and if you were to find out they were gone, and you, you, oh, I would yeah. just, I would feel like, why did I just not pick up the phone for a few minutes and just say hi and overcome that fear and overcome the mm-hmm. thousand excuses that went something like. Well, they're probably busy, and yeah. and I don't have a lot of time, and I'm not really sure what I'm going to say because it's been so long, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But we then avoid a connection, and uh, I'm not saying the only reason you do it is so you don't feel bad if they pass or if you lose them, but I'm like it just because of the lack of permanence, it makes the temporary because this is temporary, it makes the temporary connection that much more important to have and develop and. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a limit, you know. Mm-hmm. 
there's only so many people and only so many conversations that we can have and do. But Which is why, and this is going to sound really selfish, but why I think it's okay to be choosy. Because you, do you know what I'm saying? Like choosy with who sure. who you invest in. Yeah. You know? Of course, of course that doesn't mean, you know, love everyone and be kind to everyone. That's not what I'm saying. But I think if you have a handful of people that are the dearest to you, you're going to pour the most into them. And those are going to be the connections that you are so glad that you've kept and you're so glad that you invested in. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, of course. Um, I think I agree. And then it just made me think of another thought that make, like feels, you know, like I should be doing a lot of self-condemnation. And that is, you know, what is our response to people whom we know have been in this situation? You know, where they have encountered loss and are now dealing with that loss. And, you know, like, like Nora said in her TED Talk, you know, she felt as though her loss and her pain was like this stink, mm-hmm. you know, the stench that got on everybody who she talked to about it. And, um, I, and I think all those people felt they had to diffuse it. Right? Yeah, right, exactly. And, and I, I think she, what she was trying to say was, I just want to let this be a part of who I am because it is. Right. You know, her husband's loss, her baby's loss, her you know the loss of her father that is who that's who she is yeah and i think it's we just never first of all we never think it's going to be us and then second of all we just try to get rid of that stench as fast as possible and she's basically saying you don't need to do that you can just accept that loss is a part of love it's a part of life and do you know what i'm saying like it it i think it's very beautiful how she describes it absolutely and i think it just it you know it belies the fact that we need to have some response to people who we know are going through it Mm -hmm. yeah um which i think it's hard it's hard to know and again i'm going to go back to these simple actions of you know if if you know someone who has experienced loss and um you know, you want to take care of them, but you don't want to be a burden. It's that, you know, that back, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. you know, balancing act. And, um, when maybe just a simple question of what do you need? Of course, a lot of times when people are in grief, they don't know. And I don't know that I would, I don't know that I'd fare any better, but I think it's a whole lot better. And, and maybe, maybe I'm thinking about it too simplistically, but it's a whole lot better to kind of over insert yourself in a loving way like bringing someone a meal or or you know dropping by and saying hi and checking in i think that might be a whole lot better to do that and then for someone to say hey i'm you know i'm doing better and i really appreciate that you've been stopping over but 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 let me let me reach out to you next week you know by phone and we'll we'll chat you know i think that's a lot easier than going well they might be busy or I might be intruding or I'm not family or the thousand other excuses we come up with to not confidently Mm -hmm. express that we care well quite frankly I think 
you as the person who is trying to comfort, you can af- you can afford them telling you, I don't need you at this moment. You can afford that. Yeah, right. I, I mean, mean they, not only do they get to tell you that, but hey, it's not... Yeah. It's not personal to you. They're the one in pain, right? Exactly. I don't think that you get to be selfish in those moments and say, well, they pushed me out and they they didn't want my help. And you're just, right. you can't, you, you can't assume that role at all. I you just, uh, yeah, I just think that, you know, um, yeah, you have to just get, get past that and just know that you're doing, you're doing something good, you know, and you're, and I, cause I'm going to want that. I may like at, at times, like when that happens, I may want both. I may want my solitude to feel sad and, and I may want people around me to bolster me. And, um, I, and again, I think dealing with loss means you don't really know what to do because we, like we discussed in the last episode, it's, it feels uncommonly common. Right. And at the same time, completely foreign. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people who experience loss and, 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 and I think, you know, whether that, that loss feels significant or, or, or should seem or feel significant. I think all loss is significant. Um, but you know, just interacting with it, um, yeah. You know, it's tough. And Right. I mean, kids go to kindergarten and learn colors and shapes and words and sentences. And they learn how to write their name. And they learn how to be nice to their friends. They learn how to share. But they don't learn how to process grief. No, we it's don't. It's not in the curriculum at all. No, we don't teach it. We, well, we pretend like it doesn't exist. Or we say grief is going to harm a child. Um, I'm really sorry, but it's it's part of this. Yeah. Part of existence. Um, yeah. You know, and and I. This is going to sound. Oh my goodness! I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want people to be mad at me, but I'm just going to say it. I feel really strongly uh, against parents shielding them, their children uh, from reality. Mm. Um, I, I, th- I think I remember being this, this happening, and I'm certainly not blaming my mother the way it sounds like I probably am, but I think there were times where I probably didn't have to go to a funeral because maybe I wouldn't have understood, or, or goodness, maybe I just didn't want to go because no one wants to deal with grief, right? Mm-hmm. No one wants to deal with someone else's grief, you know, but you go. Um, but I don't think, you know, children should be shielded from that. Um, because, uh, the last time I checked, some parents are dealing with their children who are going through horrible illnesses and those children, um, know other children and have friends and, Mm -hmm. and you can't deprive a child uh, of that kind of understanding of life. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I feel pretty strongly about that. And then, of course, someone may say, well, you just wait till you're a parent. Well, good point. Um, but but I, I just don't think dishonesty is ever a, a pathway toward um, being a whole person. So, I mean, that's just my point. Well, I think that's I mean, it's beautiful. I think that's that's the right thing to do. But 
again, it doesn't make it any easier, but that is part of life. Life is not always easy. It's not always comfortable. It's not always comforting. It's not always, um, I get to do what I want to do. Sometimes that comes with obligation and, mm-hmm. and, you know, intentionality. And, um, then it means experiencing some of the most horrible things about life, which is, which is death. Right. Um, and again, back to our original point, if I may, you know, if you truly only had an hour to spend with the person or the people that you love the most, you know, what would you do? Because I, I, I still don't, you know, even after having this long conversation, I'm, I'm not exactly sure that, that, that I know. Um, I, I feel like I would spend a good deal of time maybe not talking at all I think Mm. I think sometimes the expression or sometimes the lack of of talking actually actually communicates a sameness and a shared uh, emotional experience better than, than talking around it might be able to communicate I know what you mean. Like, you can kind of feel each other in that moment. Knowing that you're in that moment together. Yeah. And that you're in the same emotional space. And maybe that's just, like you said, nice for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Where you can look at each other and see, you know, the wrinkles in your around your eyes. And see those tighten and widen as your eyes you know, dilate as you are thinking about how you feel about them and all those little studying techniques we do when we want to remember. Yeah. So I I do think, I think that, um, you know, we should make much more of a moment out of our relationships with people. Yeah. Than we do. And I, and, I, and I think it gets easy for some of us to say, well, I'm going to push that off into the next place. You know? You're and, only deceiving yourself, I, I feel. Yeah. And, 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 and like we said, I, I think, you know, finiteness creates more value. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it makes those times together more valuable. And I think, you know, realizing that you... Again, I'm not trying to offend our listeners uh, who have, you know, a, a great deal of faith that they'll see their loved ones, um, you know, again. But I'm saying even if that is true, even if you can know that and trust that 100%, um, you, d- you shouldn't pass, you know, you shouldn't abdicate your responsibilities in the present for what you perceive might be possible in the future. Mm-hmm. Because if there was no future, if you just can put yourself back in that thought experiment, I think you would invest more time. Uh, more time in, in, in creating, you know, better, greater, um, you know, and stronger communication in the present. Yeah. And when can you start that? Well, you should start it. You know, you should start it today. So, I mean, it's kind of difficult to move into the last, oh, maybe not 
but it just feels difficult to move to the last section of our podcast, um, given what we talked about today, because I think it might shape the way we, you know, form our expressions of gratitude and confessions of love, which you do at the end of every podcast. Um, so I won't put you on the spot right away. I'll, I'll go ahead and say what, um, I'm, I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful, you know, again, this is, won't be fairly obvious. Um, I mean, it's extremely obvious. I'm grateful for these conversations because sometimes when we do the planning for the podcast, we say, Hey, we're going to talk about this. We start to, we don't do too much discussion because we want it to be an organic conversation, but it's these conversations which we commit to having that really put me in a place to consider things that, that I should be grateful for. And I am really grateful for um, the vast majority of my relationships. And I'm grateful for, you know, again, I think this might sound self-serving, but just for the ability to have these conversations go, man, I'm not doing enough. Um, mm. I'm not doing enough work. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I might have a good, I might be able to share a good thought, but I'm not necessarily taking that thought to heart and actually doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just grateful that the conversation forces these truths back into my mind. Um, and, um, and I just now know that I need to make sure it gets turned into action. So that's what I'm thankful for this week. I love that. Well, similar to you, this conversation makes me, you know, really sobers me up and makes me think about what's important. Um, so on a, on a related but lighter note, I'm really grateful for the memories I have with people that I love that are based on true fun. Um, I, I think it feels a little lighter, but it's it, it weighs the same as, as all the, you know, quote-unquote serious moments in relationships. and um, But it feels the same. The love that's shared in those fun moments, is it's the same love. It's just a different color. And I'm just really thankful for the people I have and, and the, the memories that I will remember and look back on that are spent laughing and, um, you know, or, or I'll remember that long-running inside joke and um that that stuff matters it it really matters it matters to us it matters to me and um that's what I'm grateful for today oh oh that's great um the next thing we do is we give each other an expression of love and excuse me confession of love um and I think what I want to share is actually a little lighter and, and I think it's funny, (laughs) but my confession of love is, and it comes with a story attached is that you have no trouble laughing at me (laughs) when I'm being silly or usually it's me hurting myself. (laughs) So please tell them. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Which there are actually so many stories. Are you talking about when I fell outside? Honestly, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. Me. So 
I was at a gas station filling up and went inside to uh, use the restroom or something. I don't remember. Um, and I was coming back out and it was wet outside. And yeah, I'm going to confess that I'm a faller. I just tend to fall. <laughs> he falls all the time, you guys. I, I just, I, I trip on stuff and fall. Um, and of course she's laughing because she thinks my injuries are hysterical. But I... Okay, we all know this that like painted lines in a parking lot or on a on a on a road they tend to be slick, right? They they're not as, you know, they don't have the traction that the road itself or the sidewalk itself has or the parking lot whatever has. So I for whatever reason was going back to my vehicle and it was parked between the lines, uh which is also a rare because considering my driving skills. <laughs> Um, and I stepped on the yellow line separating parking spots and I proceeded to, <laughs> my foot like slipped out in front of me, but it wasn't like fast that would cause some massive injury. It was like slow. It was like these slow <laughs> splits. And if you know what I look like, that that's not anything you'd ever want to see have happened. And I'm like, as I'm going down, I'm like, is this really happening? I couldn't believe it. And... Um, you know, I've went into a full splits and I think I like hit my phone into the car door next to me. It was, and see, and, and I, I've told this story. Well, we've discussed the story probably a dozen times and every time she laughs this hard. So one of the things I, I love about you, Becky, this week is how much you completely disregard disregard my my ability to to have any type of balance or coordination whatsoever and laugh at me no honestly it's fun to laugh at, at that kind of silliness so uh, that's what i love about you is you can laugh at me over and over again how's that uh, <laughs> i will take that any day that that story always makes me laugh it's just so funny the the image in my head it's like one i can't ever remove when i think of that story yeah, because so, you weren't there. I mean, I know I wasn't there, but I the picture that is formed in my mind when when I imagine that happening, it's just so. <laughs> and do you remember when I first I told you at first? Uh, the first I'm like, you're gonna laugh, and you did. <laughs> and I tried so hard not to laugh. But as I, hard knew as I, to. I knew you would just laugh. You just laugh at my at my pain. But what's new? Okay. And you said honestly, you've got to be kidding. I couldn't believe it. I was like, honestly, you've got to be kidding me. Did I really do a a slow splits on a wet? A parking lot, you know, on the painted on the painted line. I'm like, are you kidding me? I couldn't. So I funny. I had to step just perfectly on it. And are you kidding me that I did? And I wasn't even thinking. Mm-hmm. All right, the end. Okay, I'm gonna. Please. We can have this conversation no, after we okay. end the podcast. Yeah. All right. So what I what I love about you, Jeremy, I this is gonna sound all encompassing, and it is. But I love how similar you are to me. I love that I'm so similar to you. Um, it just makes spending time with you extremely easy. Um, and, and that's because we have all the same, the same love language and the same hobbies and, you know, a lot of the same dispositions and moods. And it, it just makes being with you so incredibly easy because I feel like I'm hanging out with a version of myself, um, that that sounds like I I I want you to be like me because I'm awesome. That's not what I mean. I just mean that I can relate to you on every level, and 
it, it's just fun and so easy to spend time with you. Well, that's yeah. what I love about you. No, I, I love that. Uh, I, I feel the same way. We, we share that. Thank you for saying so. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, um, we're gonna we're gonna end um, what is gonna be two episodes since this uh, this podcast went long. But um, but we're excited, and uh, please um, please reach out to us in in a minute. Becky will tell you how to do that. Uh, we'll talk soon. If you would like to reach out to us with any questions or comments or suggestions, we would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to say hi, send us an email at 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Not 100, but just 100. Also, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is 100daysayearpodcast. Go ahead and give us a follow.